Welcome to the Craft Brewery Financial Training Podcast, where we combine beer and numbers to provide you with tips, tactics, and strategies so that you can improve financial results in your brewery. I'm your host, Kerry Shumway, a CPA, CFO for a brewery, and a former CFO for a beer distributor. I've spent the last 20 years using finance to improve financial results in our beer business. Now I'm helping other craft breweries to do the same. Are you ready to take your brewery financial results to the next level? Okay, let's get started. Today on the podcast, we hear from Michael Varda from Craft Beer Advisory Services. They help craft breweries increase sales and sharpen marketing with consumer intelligence research. So we talk a lot about data. Data is everywhere and nowhere at the same time. So Michael's firm pulls this information together, provides the data in report and research format so that you can make better business decisions. We talk about the primary types of research reports that Michael and his firm produce, from brand analysis to custom benchmarks, and we dig into the six types of customers and what they want. We talk about what these six types are, how you can use them to drive more traffic into your brewery taproom. So for now, please enjoy this conversation with Michael Varda from Craft Beer Advisory Services. Hey, Michael, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much, Carrie. I really appreciate you you having me on. How are you doing this morning? I'm doing fantastic, doing wonderful. So why don't you tell people a bit about yourself and your business and the services you provide? Yeah, be glad to. So uh, my business is called Craft Beer Advisory Services, and we are the industry's first and only. We'll see how much longer I can say first. Uh, first will always be true. Only maybe not so much. Uh, but market research firm dedicated to the craft beer space. So what that means is we are regularly putting out consumer intelligence research, understanding customers, what makes them do what they do, why they drink what they drink, why they go where they go and look at that in a a very large scale way to ultimately advise business decisions. We are in the business of turning data and customer feedback into intelligent business decisions. Uh, It's really been a fascinating journey. The company is a little bit over a year old now. Uh, Prior to that, I was in a couple of other various market research roles where first I was Uh, right out of college, advising universities on which academic programs would attract students to a particular university. Uh, Then I switched into a role with a company where we were advising big tech firms on how to attract software engineers, um, get them to want to work at that particular tech company. And now I lead research still full-time for a financial services company, uh, understanding how we can attract top talent really across all business lines. So with that background, you know, with all those experiences, there, there are a couple things in common um, with students to a university, software engineers to a tech company, employees to a major corporate employer. You have a population and you have a venue or an entity. And the job is to understand what's going to make that person go and be attracted to that entity. And that's the exact premise that I've applied to craft beer advisory services. What makes craft beer drinkers go and what's going to make them come back to the brewery? Mm, I love that. 
And your tagline is, we help craft breweries increase sales and sharpen marketing with consumer intelligence research. So it's really connecting, as you said, that population base and the venue that you're trying to get them to, and then sort of digging in and like what's driving. Is we typically try to break it down to like um, sort of, uh, yeah, I guess, key drivers, right? Like what are the key drivers of when people are making decisions? So I think that's awesome. Let's talk a little bit about the data. Like, um, so over the years, I've talked to different people about, you know, data for the craft beer space in particular, and mostly the answer has been, you know, the data is like in so many different buckets, you know, it's all over the place. It's, there's a little here, there's a little there, and there's really no one or nothing that's sort of connecting it. So it, it sounds like that's kind of what your firm does as you're going out there. So maybe for folks that aren't as familiar, like where does this information come from? What, what are the sources that you're drawing from? Yeah, it's a fantastic question. And to just kind of touch on a little bit more of our, our why as well, you know, why we're doing this, thinking about the data of what's accessible. Obviously, breweries have their own sales data, but if they want to go out and understand um, you know, what's going on in the market, your options are oftentimes very pricey. And the, the average uh, brewery, you know, say midsize and lower, they may not have the budget for that. Um, yeah, so that's where we really try and come in as, um, I certainly wouldn't call it a, a budget offering, but a value-based offering where you know, we are uh, providing something that you can't get anywhere else at a cost that you can't get anywhere else. But to touch on the uh, actual question here of like where we are getting our data, um, really so many places and a lot of it is already existing out there primarily what we do is is a branch of uh, research called social listening and thinking about uh, what's being said on reviews on google on yelp uh, on facebook we also have the capabilities to scrape reddit scrape press and the internet and larger things to understand brand perceptions of what's going on you know, beyond just the, the reviews. And that's, that's one piece of it, right? Like that's what people are saying on the internet. Uh, some other methodologies that we also utilize are direct to consumer surveys. We work with uh, panel companies and also breweries to just develop meaningful surveys and understand uh, not only current behavior, but also forward-looking trends is where, where the social listening and information that's on the internet lives. That's all historical looking. Uh, but what we do is we pair that with the direct-to-consumer surveys, which are able to be more forward-looking by nature. And then we have a much more holistic picture of consumer opinion overall. So to, to sum up my, my rambling here, uh, you know, a lot of it is existing on the internet already in reviews. We also do the direct-to-consumer surveys and uh, focus groups are, are within the capability as well. So taking you know, six to eight customers and having deep, meaningful conversation uh, about what's going on in the tap room or just craft beer trends more at large. Excellent. So you get all this information you, know, you aggregate it, you sort it, you make some sense of it, and then you're creating uh, research reports from that. So what, what are the types of research reports that you've created and how might people get access to those? Yeah. So for 2022, 
we have released uh, three major bodies of work. The first was released in January, Understanding Craft Beer Consumer Motivations. And that's going to detail what draws different types of people to a venue. Uh, understanding what types of entertainment, what types of food, what are the beers that are most popular, what are the non-alcoholic options that are most popular, and looking at that by uh, men, women, families, uh, understanding what different types of folks are, are looking for and motivate them to uh, visit and return to a brewery, but also equally, if not more important, what are the turnoffs of a brewery visit and what is it that's going to make folks never want to set foot in the tap room again? Um, so those are, are both equally critical pieces of information. Um, so that's sort of body of work number one. And then the, the second and third bodies of work, we took a look at consumer personas. So craft beer drinkers, who they are, um, you know, kind of reading between the lines. It was uh, the same data set that we looked at with as the first study, which was a massive amount of Yelp reviews from 2021. And instead of looking at what attracts people to a particular venue, we looked at the people themselves and the different types of customers that were visiting tap rooms. And we'll get into this a little bit later, but uh, you know, there were six types of, of tap room customers. And uh, I'll, I'll hold that for the, the second half of our conversation, uh, mini cliffhanger. But um, in terms of how people can get access to them, all of the work that we've produced in 2022 is completely free. Uh, so if you just go to www.craftbeeradvisoryservices.com, uh, you can go to our prior research tab, and then there is a form that you can fill out where you indicate which report or reports you're interested in receiving, and then you'll have those within 48 hours. That's awesome. That's great. And we'll put that link so people can find it directly. Um, just to expand a little bit, just looking at your, on your website, there's, it looks like there's four maybe focus areas for the research. So if I'm reading this correctly, there's sort of brand analysis, custom benchmarks, go-to-market strategy, and consumer motivation. So I think <clears throat> it's interesting uh, the way these each laid out. Would you be comfortable kind of walking through each one of these real quick? Like when we say brand analysis, what are we talking about? Custom benchmarks and so forth? Yeah, happy to. Um, so first with brand analysis, this is understanding what your tap room is to your community, um, understanding perceptions of that tap room community. So this is beyond uh, what's being said on Google and on Yelp. Uh, it's inclusive of that, but uh, we take a look at local press. We take a look at Reddit conversations. We take a look at beer forums online and try to understand in the consumer's mind what is their perception of your brewery? And does that align with how you're trying to present yourself in the market? Uh, so this is either going to validate, yes, we are known for what we want to be known for, or I guess the opposite of validating, trying to understand the gaps between who we want to be and what consumers think we actually are. And you know, there are a couple of ways to look at that. One that could be seen as a, a negative of we're trying to do this, but we're seen as uh, something else. But two, 
if you are known for something and it's net positive, adopt that as part of your brand and be more forward looking with that. Uh, so from a high level, that's uh, the, the brand analysis, understanding consumer perceptions and how that aligns with internal efforts. Uh, kind of just chugging along the list here with custom benchmarks. This is a, a part of our broader research membership uh, for, for launching in 2023, where we will take a look at uh, five competitors of your choice and compare uh, your reviews and your online footprint to those five competitors and understanding, uh, is there something that these competitors are doing that you're not? What are your competitive advantages uh, and opportunities compared to that? And you know, maybe you'll see that, you know, I've seen this done a couple of times with breweries, just to put a concrete example to it. Um, maybe brunch is really popular at uh, your competitors, but it's not something that you're doing. You know, that's something where you look at, they're getting a lot of mentions for that. We don't have that. Is that a space that we want to enter in competitively? Or is that something that we want to avoid because it's already a saturated uh, market? So understanding what your competitors are doing, what you're doing, and where those opportunities and where those operational gaps lie. Related to that is the third piece there, the go-to-market strategy. And what that is, you have an idea, you're trying to understand, will this resonate with customers? Will this resonate with um, either a broader geography or maybe your existing customers? Uh, so we have the ability again with direct to consumer surveys and also the social listening to, if you have an idea sticking with the brunch theme, maybe nobody does it, but you wanna get an idea for what the brunch landscape is in your geography. We will look at that and see what folks are talking about uh, when they're talking about brunch. And maybe they're talking about a local restaurant that has great Sunday brunch, or uh, maybe they're saying, I wish that there was a brunch spot. So understanding uh, if you have an idea, testing it before you go ahead and launch it, and then understanding if you are going to launch it, here's the game plan, here's the roadmap of how you actually want to accomplish that and have hopefully have that resonate with the crowd that's fantastic and i and i just have to mention you 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 gave that whole uh description meanwhile your dog was uh licking your ear that was really good thank you, you. didn't even flinch thank you i i know this, this is a professional a, ladies and gentlemen <laughs> i appreciate that you just gotta <laughs> stay prepared at all times Stay composed. That's awesome. Well, I want to circle back and underscore a couple of things that you had said. So the brand analysis and strength, I, I think this is really interesting because, you know, we have so much information being dumped at us, right? We have all these Google reviews and Yelp reviews, and it's kind of hard to find sort of the signal from the noise, right? It's like, oh, I got a good review. I got a bad review. I got an average start. What does this all mean? And I think I like the way you had sort of said, let's sort of take all that stuff. But then let's also compare it to what it is that you're trying to be, what you're trying to do out there. So what is the perception based on all this information that's out there? Uh, what, what are consumers really saying and thinking about you versus what do you actually want to be or what do you want them to take away? And then where is that disconnect? Yeah. So I think that's interesting because very often we'll hear this sort of brand strategy done under a marketing umbrella. Like we need consistent colors. We need consistent copy. And I think that's all very good advice, but you're basically saying, all right, there's data out there. 
that can support or refute what you're trying to be. Yeah, it absolutely can. And, you know, one thing that uh, I think is really important, and when I'm having meetings with breweries, this is uh, one of the like biggest hurdles is understanding the the value that's in reviews because kind of exactly to your last point okay i got a four out of five star review they had a great time what does that mean and the answer is in the details so uh, in so many reviews and some of them are just five out of five good time will return those are obviously a little bit less helpful but thinking about the massive amount of reviews that uh, breweries get over the course of a year and looking at four out of five stars um, and i'm just gonna sort of ramble off what a what a sample review might be um you know went with my uh boyfriend and he had the new england ipa i wanted a sour but they didn't have one so i got a cider instead the food was good uh the place wasn't dog friendly so we had to leave it at home uh, overall, had a good time because the environment was good, probably will come back. Look at all of the information that we have in there. So we have that the uh, writer in this case, boyfriend, girlfriend situation, the writer was female. She wanted a sour. She had to order a cider. The boyfriend, so a male, wanted a New England IPA. And they wanted to bring their dog, but it's not a dog-friendly uh, place. They're still probably going to come back, but it's a four out of five experience. You, With all of that information, now we have, okay, this is what a uh, female customer was thinking about. This is what a male customer ordered. These two are in a uh, relationship together. So we, we now have three different people that we just learned information about. I shouldn't say three different people, two different people, three different personas. Um, in that one single review. And then when you break everything down to that level of detail and you have over a thousand, you know, 2,000, 3,000 reviews, you're really able to start drawing out meaningful patterns and behavior and preferences and what's going to drive those return visits and what's going to make people not come back. You know, if that place had a dog friendly, uh, you know, brewery, maybe that's a 10 out of 10. They're coming back because the dog can come too, and they don't have to leave as early to get back to let the dog out. Um, so just wanted to touch on that because I totally understand why breweries would be skeptical of the, like, the value of reviews because they can go on Google and say, yeah, we have 4.7 stars out of five, just like every other brewery in the world. That may be true, but where it really gets valuable is in the details. You know, it's almost like grading. I was thinking like in school, yeah, you got an A, but did you learn anything? You know, it's like you got a, okay, you got a 4.7, but what does that really mean? You know, these, to your point, the value of these reviews, and, and maybe we don't think about, because very often we think, well, my value is I want to get a five out of five. And if it's not five, I want to get it higher. I want to get it higher. I just want a higher grade. Yeah, but what are they telling you? So you're you're actually going in and looking at the substance of that review. And then what can you learn from what this individual is telling you? And, you know, a lot of reviews, they don't leave anything, right? They'll just do a star and they're off on their way. Others will be much more detailed. And there's probably something to that, which obviously you guys have found and you've been able to automate, which is when they're writing all this stuff down, they're giving you clues and signals, not only about their particular circumstance, but maybe that can be extrapolated. Like you said, there's different personas, you know, there's like 
boyfriend, girlfriend, there's a couple, there's this, there's, there's groups, there's this and that. And you kind of, kind of break those down. So that, that's really interesting. I think to look at the, I guess maybe you'd call it the qualitative side of the review as opposed to like what are they're saying versus, you know, the, the quantitative, the number side of it, but combining them, right? Yeah. Yeah. We are, we are certainly in the business of turning the, the qual into quant. Oh, the qual into quant. Nice. Yep. Exactly. <laughs> Words into numbers. I love it. On the uh, custom benchmark section, that was interesting to me too. So you're looking, uh, so benchmarks, I think, can kind of take a life, take on a life of their own where it's like, oh, I want to know how I compare. And that's sort of where it begins and ends. But what you're talking about here is identifying competitive advantages that a brewery might have versus uh, competitive advantages that their competitor might have and what's working. I see that I've seen this before where um, say a salesperson would, and this I'm thinking more on the beer wholesaler side. So a beer yeah. sales guy would go or girl would go into a, a retail account and say, you know, it's your convenience store. You're really underperforming on this, on these particular products. You know, your, your competitor five miles down the street is selling this, this, and this, and, and boy, they're up 20%. You, you're not even carrying them. So it's an interesting way to sort of cross compare um, so the brunch example was good. So then it's not only you're going out there and saying, what do you do well? What do your competitors do well? How can you learn from that? But it sounds like there's some real tactical things that you can implement based on that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think um, an example that comes to mind is thinking about just beer as simple as it is. One of the draws of a uh, particular brewery that we've done work with before is sour beer and that's their whole thing um, and they have one uh, competitor in their localized region that, that has that focus on sours um, but everybody else you know, really doesn't so in that case you know looking at, at benchmarks of what's going on around you know in terms of IPAs in terms of loggers their mentions are going to be so far lower than the competitive base. So adding the context of brand analysis, like that brewery is known for sours. So that difference probably isn't going to be super meaningful to them that they're getting fewer mentions and fewer, um, you know, just less of a footprint for IPAs or whatever it might be. Uh, but then thinking about, you know, what, what can you build on? So maybe it's not uh, a specific beer or even style of beer, but you know, let's look at food and what's the food that they're offering that I'm not. And so there are so many different comparisons with that custom benchmarking, uh, not only from beer and food, but entertainment types, what's going to be popular in one place may or may not be in another. Um, there's just so many different ways to, to slice and dice the, the data, uh, but ultimately adding that context um, I think you really kicked the session off in a meaningful way, talking about the relationship of data and connection to uh, business objectives and business decisions, making sure that you have that piece of strategy with the data is where all this really fuses together so nicely. Mm. So let's come back to the cliffhanger. You had a cliffhanger from a few minutes ago. We we're talking about really six different types of customers, customer groups, um, so what are these six types and how can breweries use this information? Yeah, uh, so I'll, I'll rattle off the, the six and then we can, can dive into it uh, one by one. 
Uh, so first is social gatherers. And these customers are primarily motivated by the environmental elements of their visit. Uh, you know, the, we always hear about the vibes of a place and we'll dive into what that actually means and in more depth in a moment. Uh, second is foodies, uh, rather self-explanatory there. Third being beer geeks, fourth travelers, fifth locals, and sixth family visitors. Uh, so we'll, we'll kind of dive in one by one. And one, one interesting thing that we were kind of talking about before we were on the air, uh, we, I recently presented it at NanoCon where I did a, a presentation of these consumer segments, these personas, and how they relate to nanobreweries versus say mid-sized micros or larger regionals and how those uh, buckets really uh, change depending on the type of the venue. So, you know, excited to kind of dive in and chat about the, the differences between the two. Hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, so let's do that. I mean, what are the, like when you're looking at these things, how do you, I guess maybe we start by just defining them a little bit further and then how, because I think the goal would be like, all right, who's coming to your tap room? Uh, what are sort of the distinguishing characteristics? And what is motivating them to, to come back again? Yeah. So we'll, we'll start with uh, social gatherers here. And again, these are the folks that are primarily motivated by the environmental elements of a, of a tap room. Uh, thinking about outdoor seating, thinking about any sort of natural elements that you have. It could be like a, a beautiful natural mountain landscape. It could be an urban landscape. It could be part of uh, a strip, you know, thinking about uh, Worcester Mass, where I was fortunate to spend four years, the Shrewsbury Street location, thinking about how that's an entire, uh, you know, really attraction of its own. You have so many restaurants, so much culture. Uh, so understanding that the vibe can mean so many different things to so many different people, but that's what these people are focused on. Uh, just going, being able to have social conversations with their friends, and perhaps chatting with the bartenders as well, uh, just really motivated by the conversational, relational elements of a visit. So when you think about, you know, that's kind of more on, you know, what makes them uh, enjoy themselves. It's the first and foremost, the environment. Uh, second, it's beer variety. So not necessarily a specific beer, but being able to have something for multiple tastes. And number three for uh, something that's going to motivate a return visit is food. Um, so shifting now to the, the things that are going to take away from that experience, and this will be a theme that we see across all six of these personas, but the number one thing is service. And what that means is slowness, rudeness. Um, we, we decided to break down in our study that differentiating between service and staff. And what service means is that speed, that efficiency, and the, the general tone, where staff is uh, talking more about the perhaps ordering uh, experience and uh, conversations with that particular staff member, less service-oriented of getting you beer and drink, or I should say drink and food, um, but focused on the relational ones. So the service was the number one detractor there. 
again, that speed, the efficiency, and uh, they, they want drinks in their hands uh, when, when they're out to you know, get together with their friends and everything like that. Uh, I will add that this is a more positive group than, than overall. And for the larger segment of breweries, so think mid-size, microbrewery, and larger, uh, this is the most popular segment uh, that's visiting the, the tap rooms. One interesting difference with the nanobrewery data is that social gatherers were actually number two. Um, so they, they were not uh, the number one consumer segment attending nanobreweries. It kind of uh, meshes nicely into uh, what, what we'll talk about next with foodies, but I'll, I'll pause before we get to that and just see if you have any thoughts on, on that. Well, I think just generally, um, so this is interesting because I think we're, you know, in the past you'd talk about like gathered demographics, like who's coming, are they, are they male, are they female, are they 20 to 30, you know, so it's sort of like uh, uh, very black and white, right? And, but you're, you're categorizing these more in their behavior patterns and or what's motivating them to either come in or come back or stay longer or, you know, how they're actually kind of moving through the world and moving to your business. So I think it's an interesting, and then and then you're sort of saying, well, let's sort of categorize these, identify what their behavior traits are, and then I suppose you could then use that as a way to kind of market back towards them. Is that fair to say? Like you take this information and say, well, if you know that 60% of the people that come into your tap on a regular basis are this group, let's just say social gatherers, and those are generally motivated by these two, three, or four things then maybe you can emphasize that in your marketing and or in the experience when they come in. You're absolutely correct. So, you know, what that looks like in one of the most like ultimately concrete ways that I could think. Um, uh, two examples, actually. First, with environment and location, you know, you're planning out your social media for the week and somebody really, really cares about the environment. What do you need to post a picture of? And it's probably not going to be the new beer release as important as it is. And you should probably post that too. But thinking about your uh, the consumer base, they want to see pictures of the space. They want to see people there having fun, trying to help that customer envision themselves in that tap room. So thinking about the uh, elements of a tap room, maybe you have really cool art. Maybe you have really cool plants and greenery and flowers, whatever that sort of attraction point is, you know, social gatherers is your largest group. You need to promote that uh, really more than anything else to help people envision themselves in there. And you know, second, I think about their next most likely thing to motivate a return visit being beer variety. They probably don't care about one beer. They care about a lot of beers. So that influences what specials you run. Are you going to be offering flights at a, a discount on weeknights? Are you going to be uh, pairing it with food? Like if you order a flight, get 20% off a food item of your choice with food being number three and what's going to make them come back. So this is really a nice way to break down. Okay, so if environment's important, we need pictures helping them envision themselves here. If beer variety is important, we need to post pictures of a flight, maybe our tap list, maybe what's coming up next and when it's going to be on tap. And we're going to pair that with a food special because we know that's number three. So looking at what motivates that 
and then really transforming that into an entire taproom operation. Mm, yeah, I think that's fantastic. Yeah, so if someone were to, how, how does one sort of identify and or group their customers this way? I mean, what are the techniques that you would use to do that? Yeah, so you know, the, the first thing I would say is we should talk, get on the phone and uh, you, know, you can call me up. Uh, but jokingly, uh, putting that aside, you're thinking about what types of specials are you running now? Uh, you know, who are the repeat customers that you're seeing in your tap room now? And the, the thing that I uh, you wish more breweries would do is you know, run types of surveys. And you could run a survey, send it to your mailing list and say, you know, which type of consumer do you think you are? And you could list out the six that are uh, you know, included in the report. The report's totally free. You get the information. Uh, out of the report and then you find out okay 40 percent say they're social gatherers 20 percent say they're beer geeks and so on um, so there there are so many ways coupled with you know the free information that's available on our website uh, to then just a little bit of uh, you know, internal effort either with a survey or some sort of focus group to try and understand what's important um, you know, understanding the idea and the broader scale of who's coming into the tap room i would certainly recommend the survey more so than the focus group because you want a larger sample size uh, of understanding who who's actually there so um you know that's that's one easy way i think coupled with the free report that's available uh, you're just asking those customers um you could even turn it into something fun too. put a chalkboard up you know, which which one are you you know, put a tally mark on your way out so, so many different ways to try and get at that information. Um, it's perhaps even less invasive ways than a, a survey sent to their email. Mm, yep, absolutely. No, that's good. I think that's that's you know it's all in it's all in the spirit of understanding your customer base better, right? And understanding what what their needs and wants are, and what's ultimately going to motivate them. Yeah, you know, to either come into the first place, you know spend more when they get there, uh, come back more frequently, things of that nature, and then obviously spread the word and tell other people about it. Yeah. And you're giving your customers a voice and you're giving your customers agency and your planning. And when they then see they're doing this particular event and they gave a piece of feedback that was part of that event, they're going to be you know, much more likely to go because they're, they're a part of it. It's a way of building a relationship with your customer uh, beyond what you already are doing, serving them good food or good drink or whatever it might be. So that's a little bit about like who's coming in and how to kind of target them specifically, what drives their behavior. Um, some other research you have done was on how, here's what motivated Taproom return visits uh, from 2021, so from last year. And we probably touched on a few of these, but do you want to maybe kind of summarize what those top takeaways were in terms of what's what's generally driving people to come back? Yeah, glad to. So thinking about, and again, this is uh, separated from the personas that we were just chatting about. Um, and the top five things that motivated people to come back uh, first and foremost was beer variety. Again, emphasis on the word variety. Uh, people want different things. And they oftentimes want something uh, different than, than just beer, uh, whether it's cider, whether it's wine or a cocktail. 
So that's number one, uh, beer offerings and drink variety. Number two is food. And you know, that's really, really either exciting or tough to hear, depending on uh, what type of uh, brewery you have or where you're located even within the state. Uh, I know, you know New Jersey has it tough with uh, laws and everything like that, prohibiting some food and things like that. So um, understanding that you know, if you can't make your own, uh, allow DoorDash and Uber Eats to try and hopefully extend those visits. Third was the environment and location. So that's again, the, the vibes of a place and what a vibe is in a, a more detailed way. It's fire pits, it's outdoor seating, it's uh, those sort of cozy elements that we, we like to, to think of and that we always tell to our friends like, oh, you gotta come back because it's such a, an intimate environment or it's such a whatever environment. Fourth is staff. And so you know, I know that we touched on the difference between staff and service earlier. These are you know, people that are having conversations with your staff and having those positive experiences. That's uh, fourth there. And then fifth is service. Uh, so what I kind of gather by staff being above service, they would rather you be friendly and slow than rude and fast uh, because staff uh, being number one, that's about you know, their interactions, their human interactions with the people in the tap room. Service more so focused on that speed and getting stuff into your hands. They would uh, much rather you be friendly and slow uh, than rude and fast. Makes sense. I think I can agree with that. Yeah. Well, that's really helpful because I think, you know, very often we're trying to understand consumer behavior, but you've broken into those buckets of who these people are generally, what motivates them, and then generally speaking, what are sort of the top five takeaways as to what brings people back. And then furthermore, it's, you know, we talk about your your most expensive customer is your new one, right? The one you got to go find. Your, your best customer is the one that you've already got that you can bring back more frequently. Yeah. These are interesting ways that people can take these, dig in on them, maybe pre, uh, create marketing campaigns or whatnot, and then service training, uh, training standards uh, to support these. Certainly. So you're putting together a uh, top tap rooms of 2022. What, what is this? Tell us a bit about it. Yeah, really excited to launch this initiative. And essentially what it is, it's a, a first of its kind tap room ranking system uh, we're actually doing it for both the United States and Australia. If we have any Australian listeners, um, we are developing a presence there as well. Uh, but what it is, is we will be scraping reviews from thousands of tap rooms across the United States and Australia. And in a totally uh, objective manner, putting those reviews through an AI sentiment analysis tool and looking at uh, positive, negative, neutral, and each review is going to be assigned a score uh, from, from zero to one with a bunch of decimals uh, you know, in, in, in the middle there for negatives and neutrals. And a one would be the absolute like most positive review in the world. And the zero would be, I hate this place. I'm never coming back. And we're going to take the 
net average for each brewery that we analyze and then rank. And this is going to uh, really show us, I don't want to say, you know, the 50 best in the United States and the 50 best in Australia, because we, we certainly won't be able to look at all the 9,000 plus growing in the United States and um, you know, all the breweries in, in Australia uh, for this particular year. But what it's going to do is show us 50 breweries that are knocking it out of the park in terms of customer experience, hospitality, and give recognition to those tap rooms. And uh, you know, really just uh, recognize them for how awesome they're making their customer experience. So it's, it's done in a, a totally objective way where um, it's not me looking at the reviews and like, oh, like these are really, really positive. These are okay. Like it's not having to do with my brain. It's having to do with artificial intelligence to make sure that it is a completely neutral factor, uh, neutral decider. And then um, you were going to release that list come January and recognize some outstanding breweries across the globe. Uh, recognizing that we can't uh, review every brewery in the world across the United States and Australia. Uh, there is a link on the website in the top tap rooms of 2022. If you want to sign up for consideration to ensure your spot, uh, you are going to be uh, included in that analysis. It's totally free. There's no charge. Um, and, you know, much like uh, we hear about college rankings, there's there's no like pay to play. There's no pay a hundred bucks and you get guaranteed a spot. Um, you know, this is totally objective and really excited about this. I think that's very cool. All right. So we'll link to that as well. If people want to sign up top tap rooms of 2022. Awesome. Well, Michael, this has been great. Lots of information. I think all under, you know, the umbrella of, you know, how you can use data to run a better business, right. And really kind of targeting just different aspects of it. Um, I think also just reimagining really how data can be used or, or said differently, you know, applying those lessons that you've learned in different industries. You know, you started out talking about, you know, academic institutions trying to draw in, you know, new students, uh, things of that nature. So it's really applying like that, that concept of, of consumer behavior to the beer business. So very cool. Thank you for what you're doing. Thank you so much. So tell people before we wrap up here, uh, if, if folks want to learn more about you or get in touch, uh, learn how, you know, you can work together, how might they do that? Yeah, absolutely. So um, we mentioned the website a couple of times and that'll be linked there, but just craftbeeradvisoryservices.com. You can uh, read our blogs about our research takeaways. You can actually request all the reports that we've done in 2022, sign up for top tap rooms. And then you can also get information about our product for 2023, uh, which is our research membership, where it's a subscription-based product where you receive all the research that we will put out in, in 2023. And also part of that, you have agency in the, the research questions that you wanna ask consumers, you will get answers to those questions. Uh, the whole story of how the company started is on there as well, if you're interested in learning more about that or myself. I'm reachable by email, uh, michael at craftbeeradvisoryservices.com. And uh, yeah, that's uh, very, very happy to hop on uh, any calls, um, you know, whether you're interested in our, our actual product or not, uh, but just even just to have a chat about the work that we've already done and how it can apply. You know, we are 
in the business of trying to make craft breweries stronger. And uh, that's, that's our ultimate goal. Thank you for listening to the Craft Brewery Financial Training Podcast, where we combine beer and numbers so that you can improve financial results in your brewery. For more resources, tools, guides, and online courses, visit craftbreweryfinancialtraining.com. And don't forget to sign up for the world-famous Craft Brewery Financial Training Newsletter. Until next time, get out there and improve financial results in your brewery today.